What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi. Today is Saturday, June 15th, 2013. You guys are listening to episode 114. And I uh, got a good episode for you guys today. A lot of cool shit to talk about. Father's Day tomorrow. Um, some stuff going on with me. Uh, thanks for the feedback. For the um, getting a lot more feedback uh, now. I don't know why, but more people are talking about the shows. I mean, the numbers are cool, but people are actually, you know, talking about it, getting a kick out of some of the shit that I'm saying, or at least telling me about it. So please keep that going. But today I want to talk about Spurs and uh, Heat. And which has been just a bizarre, weird series. I want to get into that. I want to talk about some golf going on with Tiger Woods. Uh, again, happy Father's Day to everybody uh, for tomorrow. This will be posted up tonight beforehand. But, you know, um, me being a father, I guess this is will be my fourth Father's Day. And um, it's really cool, man. Son got me, you know, son got me a hilarious gift from school that they made at daycare and all that stuff. I uh, first want to start off by saying the Verzi Effect podcast show is sponsored by, of course, Butterfly Radio. Download the free app on your iPhone today. Butterfly Radio allows you to have access to all of your favorite podcasts and lets you send up to a five minute personal audio message to that podcast and they can get right back to you um, personally. So download the free app. If you're into podcasts, you could, uh, you'd love it. It makes no sense to not do it if you like podcasts. And you can also listen to full episodes of your favorite podcast on Butterfly Radio. Um, great podcasts up there. Not only the Verzi Effect, you got Jim Florentine, you got Joe Matarises, uh, Joe Rogan's, uh, there's just a ton. Ralphie, May- there's just a ton of great podcasts up there. So download the free app, Butterfly Radio, on your iPhone today. Also register at ButterflyRadio.com to start your own podcasts. Okay. Now, speaking of Butterfly Radio, I had a couple things people were asking me and um, I tried to I tried to interact and for some reason, I think I was having issues with my iPhone. It wasn't able to register, so I figured, you know what? Um, even, I think it's fine now, but uh, since I'm doing the show, I'll just address it. Uh, basically, I was talking to a couple of people. It was Jeff and it was Dan, and we were talking about... Um, You know, does money, like, people with money think, you know, that they can be happy, and then, like, some of the most people, some of the most miserable people do have money, and I just wanted to address um, what I said, and you know what sucked is, I put in, like, a really good, like, almost five-minute butterfly thing, and because, like, the network or the the, the iPhone was just fucked up, it had nothing to do with butterfly or or any of the, or any of my, um, you know, the apps on my phone, it was, it was something with like the iPhone itself. I don't know if it was just freezing up. It sucked, but I had this great answer and I tried to send it and it said error and it fucking pissed me off. And now, uh, but so I had to, I just want to address, you know, basically what I was saying and what I was, what I was, you know, trying to say on the, on the message was that, you know, you money, like you can have money and you could have a ton of it, you know, which is great for, you know, obviously for, you know, making things easier and stuff, but this idea that, like, you know, I know people making money that fucking hate their job, like, you would much rather make, you know, 50 or 60 thousand dollars a year and love every minute of what you do and create shit and do that and, you know, know that if you grow, you can make more money than being fucking miserable making 100 or 120 just hating what you do every fucking day. 
you know it it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't matter like because money's not like who you are is who you are you know what I mean you could be the biggest fucking asshole in the world and think maybe because you have money people are gonna like you but at the end of the day you're still an asshole money can't hide your assholeness you know um but but I the main point of what I wanted to say was like everybody's got issues. I went out to dinner with my wife last night. I've been I've been really sick, uh, really sick. Everybody for fucking, uh, you know, five six days now. You know, and um, I performed sick a couple of days, and then I had to. Uh, luckily, you know, I was not booked a couple of days, and I was sick as a dog in bed, so it worked out. But um, just talking about how like, you know, certain things in life happen to you. In, in your life, they happen to you, and then you realize why it happened because your parents kind of put shit on you when you realize what happened to your parents, and it's kind of like this vicious thing that just goes through all of your, all of your you know, your, your whole family. And I think that even if you have money, that problem that you have, because we all got problems, you know, whether a lot of times it's your parents or, you know, um, just getting love or lack there of love you know from somebody in your family and shit and and they treated you bad so you have all these insecurities and you're all fucked up and you don't you don't know how to deal with it those people who make money some of them are under the impression that that's okay but it's never going to mask you know what I mean it's never going to mask the the you know the shittiness that happened to you you know, so you got to address that shit. You know, it's like, you know, some people just, oh, I'm doing good. I must be doing good. I'm making money. I don't need to talk to a therapist or anything. I'm making money. I'm doing good. But no, you do because you're still that like either insecure or whatever fucked up thing happened to you is still there. And and money's not going to change that. So I guess the coolest way to do it would be whether you have money or not, work on you first. You know? Um, and... You know, I was one, I, I talked about this on the show before, so I'm not going to get into it too much, but, you know, I half believe in therapists and, and psychiatrists, and, and I half don't. Because I think that once you know, I mean, you can read online shit. I mean, once you know that shit comes from your family a lot, you know, I mean, maybe Jeffrey Dahmer's parents were fucking cool and the guy just wanted to start poking cats and shit and then he just turned into a killer. I mean, sometimes your parents can't control that. You know, if you're just an evil fuck who wants to, like, throw hamsters like they're snowballs and shit and, and, and you know, I, that's fucking crazy. Like, I don't think, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, like, I'm talking about just, you know, things that, that, that happen, it's it's kind of safe to say the psychiatrist or the therapist already has the questions that they're going to ask. Like, first day they meet you is like, what's your relationship with your mother? What's your relationship with your father? And then they kind of go from there. That's like their foundation. So the part of it is just like, I think kind of, you know, I'm not going to say like a psychic because psychics are straight up bullshit, but like a psychic does the same shit as far as like a psychic's going to go, okay, so you got a house? <laughs> you got a house and a car okay and something tells me you're owning a blue shirt do you have a blue shirt somewhere in your closet there's a blue shirt I'm, I'm not saying it's that obvious but I'm just saying you know a therapist and a psychiatrist aren't as good as some people think and I have a bad taste in my mouth because all the guy wanted to talk to me about when I went was fucking comedy 
And, and, and when I talked about real shit, I was like the last guy of his day. So it was like four or five o'clock and he was like yawning and looking at his watch and shit. You know, that's the last thing I need. I'm going to sit there and fucking pour my heart and soul to you when you're fucking asking me about comedy and who I met and all this shit and you're looking at your watch. He was like, ah, oh, you're fine. You're re-. One time he really said, he goes, ah, your issues aren't that bad. And I'm just sitting there like, why the fuck am I here then? You know, don't, t- don't take my money then. Take less of money if it's not that bad. You lying cocksucker. But anyway, so um, back to the money thing. I just want to say, you know, to the people that were talking about it on Facebook is money means absolutely dick if you're not okay. You know? If you gave Jeffrey Dahmer or, 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 you know, whoever it was, Ted Bundy or all these fucking killers, you know, $100 million and shit, they're not just going to be like, oh, now I'll go to the mall and buy shit. Like, no, they're going to be like, all right, now I got $100 million. Now I'm going to fucking put bodies in my mansion. That's what they're going to do. Money's not going to, you know, money's not going to make somebody that wants to fucking kill a raccoon be like, ah, you know what, I'm going to let that furry little fuck live. No, he's going to fucking kill a raccoon, but he's probably going to do a classy style, like... You know, instead of Dahmer putting heads in the refrigerator, you probably you know, put them on some nice china. <laughs> so you got to fix yourself, people. That that was that was basically my point. And um, you know, I I think that money obviously always helps. I'm never gonna be the person to say that. You know, one line I love from the movie Boiler Room is when Ben Ben Affleck, I almost said Ben Stiller, when Ben Affleck, um, you know, says anybody that says money's the root of all evil doesn't fucking have any. I mean, that, that's, there's truth to that. There really is truth to that. I think, um, you know, money can make people assholes too. Of course, people say that, but I think money can also make people do great things and be really generous and cool and be like, oh, thank God somebody like that has money. Because, you know, they're they're doing the right thing with it. So I, I just think it's the individual. If you have personal issues, man, you gotta just take care of those. Money is isn't anything if you're if you're ruined and you're not trying to take care of yourself. So that's what I basically wanted to um say on butterfly. And um that was one butterfly question. And the other butterfly question it comes from um from Dave Stein from the uh, Hey My Man podcast. That was the podcast that asked me those 15 questions, actually 14 because they skipped one, but the, the 15 questions of like my favorite kid cereal and all that shit, that, that was the, the fun shit we did last week. And they asked me um, if they were to make a movie about me. And sorry I didn't put this on, um, sorry I didn't put this on uh, Butterfly, uh, Dave. Uh, I will afterwards if the thing is, is up or, or you could, I probably, you could probably just get it from this, I would imagine. But they said if a movie was made about me, and this is what I loved about the question, by the way, because, uh, you know, this is how tactful Dave was, which is fucking hysterical to me. But um, he said, if there was a movie to be made about my life, um, who would I want to play it? And then the second part of his question, he goes, but then look yourself in the mirror, okay? Take a good look at yourself in the mirror and, and who should play it. That was the most, like, untactful way of being like, yeah, you don't look like a fucking movie star, So don't think you're a movie star. Who's the ugly fuck that's going to play you? First of all, Dave. All right, I'm losing fucking weight and I'm doing good. All right? So, no, I'm not a movie star, but I'm not an ugly fuck. And I don't appreciate you you, you calling me that. I'm just kidding. Totally kidding. But, uh, no. Um, I'm so fucking, like, insecure and prideful that I'm like, no, I'm losing weight and I'm doing good. Like, I got a tan. I look fucking good right now, Dave. All right? So stop with your shit. But who would play me in a movie? Um, oh, you know what? I'm getting a phone call and I have to take it so you guys won't know. Okay, I'm back. See? Nice and quick. Nice and easy. 
in reality, it probably took about a minute and a half. And to you guys, it was about two seconds, which is the beauty of technology in 2013. Anyway, who would play me if they made a movie about me or who, who should and who would I want to? Well, listen, you know, the one thing about me is, and a lot of my comedian friends will tell you this, Matt Arise always says it too. Um, and like Matt Arise calls me the, the, the guy with a thousand looks. Like right now, like the other day I was, my face was... Um, like almost completely shaved my, you know, my hair. Cause a lot of times some of my like headshots and stuff show that my hair is like, you know, really, really like skin close. But like now it's kind of not like it's, I'm even letting whatever will grow in on the top grow in. So I could look scruffy. I could look older, but when I'm like really short on top and my face is shaved, I look like I'm fucking 22 years old. Um, and then now I have the beard I kind of got like a little chin strap beard, but a little thicker than a chin strap, and like there's some grays in it, and then others black, so right now I probably, you know, look my age, you know, so I don't know, like I I think it would have to be somebody like, I don't know, that's a good question, man, because if I'm like, I'm, I'm also, I lost so much weight with the sickness, and also I'm still doing this insane diet with no carbs, and I'm almost as... I'm almost as, um, you know, at my college weight, um, well, before drinking, I should say, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm really at a, at a low, um, low weight right now, which is good. So, which is making me look even different. So I don't know, man, that's a good question. I'm trying to think like, I would say, no, not that dude. You know who, you know who I, I would actually, I think is a good actor. And if he shaved his head short, um, Remember that Giovanni Rabizi guy or whatever from fucking, um, oh, he was in Boiler Room, and he was also in Saving Private Ryan, and he's been in a bunch of movies, he was in, um, he just played a bad guy in some, you know what I'm talking about, I think maybe if that kid, like, shaved his head and, like, got on stage and, like, wore the shit that I wore, and, you know, maybe, that could be, that could be a guy, um... I don't know, man. That's a good question. Who would I... I mean, who would I want wouldn't matter. I would just want whoever would kind of... See, with a beard, I look totally different. So I don't know. Now I've got to fucking look at this shit. I'm going to start... My wife is going to see my Google searches. I'm going to be like looking at fucking actors. She's just going to be like, what the fuck is going on? All these guys with like beards and not beards and shaved head and scruffy fucking heads. I don't know, man. I don't know who I, who I would want to play me. I'm just trying to think if there was somebody... You know, I mean, I'm Italian and fucking Greek, so I definitely got that shit going on. I don't know. I'll think about it. I'll think about it even while I'm doing this podcast, and if I come up with another one, let me know who you think uh, should play me. And uh, I'm not going to address the insults, dicks. All right. (laughs) But, you know who somebody said I look like? Somebody said I am the white version of Donald Faison. You know the black kid from Scrubs and he's doing that show, uh, he does the show, uh, what is it, uh, who gets the last laugh now? Somebody said I'm the white version of that. So maybe if we lightened his skin up or something and gave him a little bit of a, a little bit of scruff on the face, I, I don't know. I'll think about it. But thanks for the butterfly questions and um, keep them coming everybody and again, keep the uh, comments on, on iTunes coming as well. All right. Now. I know that I was talking on the podcast uh, last episode about uh, my dog situation. 
Um, we are a month away from closing on our house and getting into this new, um, this beautiful raised ranch that we bought up on the up on the hill, man. And it really is. Um, it's going to be great for the kids and the yard and all that. And I'm really excited about it. My wife is too. And my wife and I went out to dinner last night because we did not have the kids for the first time in a while where we were just able to go out and have a dinner. Awesome dinner too, man. I had this this uh, tuna, like this raw tuna from the raw bar. I just had like, they had like oysters. I had this tuna to start, which is insane. And then I had fish tacos and my wife had this chicken dish with tomatoes that was insane. Having this nice meal. And I'm kind of under the weather, so I was just drinking water. My wife was throwing down beers. It was awesome. We had a great time. And we're talking about a dog. And I think we've narrowed it down for sure now. I think it's going to be either a Siberian Husky or a German Shepherd. And the reason, a couple of reasons. One, both are incredibly smart. Both are good guard dogs. And if I go on the road and I'm away, I want to make sure, like I said, that there's a fucking wolf sitting in the foyer waiting to rip somebody's throat out if they come near my family. That's really what I want. And I don't get me wrong, small dog lovers, I don't mind. I think pugs and shih tzus are good, but, like, let's be honest. I mean, they're not doing shit. You know, I got I got two cats that are big and shit. I got a cat, I got a cat that's a 20-pounder that's bigger than a shih tzu. So I don't need that, you know. But what what pet what else? I mean, a Great Dane. But like I said, I don't want something that's gonna live like that. My wife says last night, why don't we maybe get a um, why don't we adopt? You know, go and and go and adopt something like a mutt. Mutts make good mutts make great dogs. I had mutts growing up, and I, I know they're good dogs. It's just I just think it's time for something fucking gangster. You know, I want the fuck. Let's be honest, the Porsche. Or the Mercedes Benz of dogs, so to speak, is is a I think, as far as intelligence, is a purebred German Shepherd. A purebred German Shepherd run to the fucking store for you. Like they're they're a pure like I'm gonna train this thing to mow my fucking lawn. They're just they just get it. They're like instantly get it. But a Siberian Husky's looks are ridiculous. You know? You saw a Siberian a Siberian husky looks like a like straight up it looks like a wolf. Like I know dogs come from the wolf family, but that like really lets you know <laughs> that they like that they do. You know, you just see some crystal blue-eyed fangs like howling at the moon and shit. You're not fucking with that. So, I think it's going to be one of those two. Let me know if anybody out there has got a shepherd or has a husky that listens to this. Uh, let me know their tendencies. I mean, I'm reading up everything. I'm not going to not get something and then have, you know, I'm not going to get something or not get something, you know, and just not do homework. I'm not going to do that. You know, I'm going to do my homework. But if you know, because, you know, that people always say this. I mean, I've talked to somebody. One person said that they got a German Shepherd and it happened to be a bad dog. They had to get rid of it because it just, it just wasn't. It was probably like the disturbed version of like a, like, you know, like you get something great. And they're like nine, 90% of the time they're great or like, you know. But then, you know, let's be honest. You drop a baby on its head, it's going to grow up fucking worse. That's what the, he said this was with the with the shepherd. So I don't, I don't, uh, I can't go by one because everybody else said German shepherds are the best dogs out there. Um, St. Bernard's too big. Newfoundland's just too big. Like I don't want a fucking bear sitting on my, you know, with fur and shit. Like just too much shedding. I don't want that. And I know the other two shed a lot. I know, but... You know that I think they make hybrid huskies now, like they make a medium husky. I'm not even kidding. Like that's what they're, 
they're doing. So I might we might get that. But the dog situation is gonna is gonna be coming soon. Which um which I'm excited about, man. It's gonna be cool to just come home and you know not just have my wife and kids come up to me, but have this, you know, awesome dog and that you go for walks with and stuff. And see, I love bad weather, and Huskies love bad weather too. I love when it's cold and misty and foggy and shitty, and like, they love it. Like, Huskies want to be outside in the worst weather, and I love that. So, you know, that's another thing I got to look at. How cool is that that a Siberian Husky just chills out in the snow for like, just like in a snow, in a blizzard, is just like, at, is like, is like how we are in like 70 degrees. Like if we go in and we get an iced tea and we put the air conditioning on and we put our feet up and we watch the game and you're just content and the temperature is great. Like that's what's going on with a husky when it's just a full fucking blizzard. The only thing they're pissed about is they don't have like eight people to pull. <laughs> that's how that's how sick they are. That's how sick. And they could run. They could run with a foot of snow. Like they could run with snow up to their belly. Just sprint and pull like for miles. That's a workhorse, man. What a fucking pug. What's a pug going to do? Pug's going to look at the rain and sit down. Sorry, pug owners. I, I mean, they're, they're cute little, little dogs. But fuck that. I want a workhorse, man. I want something with some heart. Takes balls to look outside and be like, oh, it's snowing. Let's go do this shit. Let's do it. It's ridiculous. So, they say that you're supposed to get a dog that takes on your personality. But if that was me, then that would be like... Here's my personality. My personality is when I love something, I go hard at it. If I love it, I'm going to go hard at it, you know? I'm like Seabiscuit. I, I kind of look at myself as Seabiscuit. Just, a, you know, sleep all day, kind of lazy, but then when it's time to go, I'll fucking go hard. So I want to. I, I don't think I could get a dog like that because it would be like either like a bulldog or something that was just, you know fucking half dead like 90% of the time and then just went although whippets I heard whippet dogs are um I think whippet dogs are like insanely fast and run and want to go but they can also just chill if you want to chill so any suggestions let me know but I'm not getting like a collie and I'm not I don't think I'm gonna get a lab I don't think I'm gonna get a beagle I don't think I'm doing that go big or go home go wolf or don't go at all. Alright. Today I want to talk about something else that was on my mind. I was talking to a buddy and a friend. And we were talking about friends. And who you can trust. And what people's you know, intentions are. So let's talk about this. This is an important issue here on the Verzi Effect Podcast. With your host Paul Verzi. This is episode 114. Now. Who can you trust? Who the fuck can you seriously trust? Now, I'm not saying trust like, you know, hey, man, I got to run inside real quick. Like, you know, can you just watch my car or something? I'm not talking about that. You know, I'm talking about trust like who's going to bail you out of jail. I'm talking, do you have a friend in your life right now that you know 100%, 100 and don't be there shaking your head. Well, yeah, no, this fucking dude, Jack will fucking do anything. No, do you know Jack? 
will Jack... It's funny, there probably is somebody out there with a friend named Jack, so he's really going by the name that I'm using now. But would Jack bail you out of jail? Would Jack be there for you if you and Jack committed a crime? And there's a chance that if Jack went to the police and said, Look, man, if I get full immunity on this and I get no issues with this, I, um, I'll let you know who my partner was. You know, do you know that he won't do that? I guess is my question. And I think everybody's got like two or three people like that. I would hope. Some people only one and the sad shit is really some people with none. But I do, I can say right now, I probably have, I'm trying to think here. It's funny, I'm actually thinking about who I would commit a crime with. I... There are, no, there's a couple of people that I love to death, but I don't 100% trust. And, uh, imagine I just started, what if I just started naming everybody? I was like, nah, you know, there's him, but he's a fucking, and I just started alienating my friends. By the time this podcast was up tomorrow, just everybody just was like texting me, take me out of your phone, asshole. I think I probably have like, I'm not talking about like family members, you know. Um, like I know my brothers and shit like wouldn't you know my brothers and shit wouldn't would never rat me out or, or whatever um, but I probably have like how many people would I fucking really commit a crime with and never and always be able to trust maybe two or three there's probably two or three that I think like if the shit hit the fan I would be okay and then I have great friends right now, great friends that to save their ass would have to be like, listen, man, you know, I love my buddy Paul, but I'm not going to fucking jail. And if you're giving me immunity, like I'll beat him to the punch because I'm not ratting my friends out. I wouldn't rat my friends out. The only way I would rat my friends out is if I had like 100% new, 100% new for a fact that. Like they were sabotaging me on purpose or they were like really trying to hurt me and like I knew that they did that first and I had like recordings of it, you know. Like maybe not even, you know, I was watching Carlito's Way. By the way, underrated movie, great movie, Carlito's Way. And when Kleinfeld played by Sean Penn, when Carlito got called in and this was after they killed the mob guy on the boat and Carlito gets called in and says, you know, we got a tape recording for you to hear. And he's like, all right, you know, he's listening. And he um, listens to Kleinfeld say, you know, I'll give you Carlito Brigante back on a fucking silver platter. He'll never see the light of day, this and that. And Carlito's just listening. And he's just like, is that it? And they're like, why don't you? All you got to do, you'll get complete immunity. We know you were on the boat. And he's like, you know, you don't have anything on me. And they're like, no, but we know you're on the boat, this and that. And all you got to do is cooperate. And we'll put him away, and you won't have to worry about it. And he's like, nah. And they're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And he was just like, is that it? I want to leave. And, like, that was just so gangster. Literally, like, the coolest the coolest thing ever. But, um, you know, I just, like, who can you really trust? And, you know, in my line of work, in comedy, like, there's people that you love that you'll envy. Or there's, you know, there, there's people that will will love you but could be jealous and envious and you never know, like, what their intentions are. And I was just talking about that and I was like, you know, one thing that I wanted to bring up on the podcast, I think something good to talk about is, like, who can you really trust? 
It's actually a sad question to ask because it really makes you look at the closest people to you and it makes you look at them different because nobody can look at everybody that's close to them and say, yeah, that person's 100% got my back. I can really trust them. That's fucked up, right? Like, you got to ask yourself, like, what, like, seriously, what would you, you know what I mean? Like, if everybody, you got to ask yourself about everybody in your life. Do I trust this dude? Or, you know, f- you know, girl, whatever. Whoever your friends are. Because I, I think as good as people are, I also think at the end of the day, people will fucking surprise you in a bad way. And that's a scary thing. So basically what I want everybody to do who's listening to this is I want you to find your best friend. I want you to call them up and say that you got to have a meeting. And I want you to interrogate them about this shit. And find out their true colors. Now, don't do that. That'd be really fucking weird if you just invited somebody to Applebee's and they were, you were just like, all right, look, we got, I got to, you just pulled out a legal pad and you started just going down a list. <laughs> Shit. But I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I, um, I think it's really sad, like, what, I think people, as sad as the statement as this is to make, I, and, and again, as much as some people won't, people will let you down. People will let you down, man. And, um, you know, you see it in like a small little microcosmic, like you see it really small with athletes you love, you know, but but they don't owe you anything and they're not like you real, like real, in, in real life, they're not real to you or, or you to them. It's not real. It's just somebody you see on TV, but somebody you love, you watch and you're like, oh, that guy's the best, man. That guy's like a hero. I've been watching that guy since I've been young and, and this is amazing. And then you find out that the dude is just a sociopath and a cheater and shitty to people and like doesn't give money to charity. And you're just like, oh, shit. You know, that, that, what sucks is that exists probably in a couple of people. The real people in your – some real people in your circles actually have that in them, but you, you just never saw it. That's why they always say living with somebody will really show you what they are. I lived with somebody one time. I had a bunch of roommates. I had one, two, three, four. I probably had like within college and then after college and, and everything. Like the first time I ever lived, I never lived alone. I either lived with my with my mother and I, I either lived with my parents in the house that I grew up in or then went to college and had dorms and had roommates and then after college had, you know, roommates and then eventually... Um, yeah, and then and then right from having a roommate and living in Queens, I got I got you know I moved in with uh, Stacy, and then we got married. So I never and that's one thing that I will say that I regret and 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 would go back and do different was just live alone. Can't put a fucking price tag on it. Oh my God, you can't, could you imagine that <laughs> living alone? There's somebody right now listening to this that lives alone. You lucky prick. You're just sitting in your house. You could listen to any podcast you want. You could you know. Eat what you want, anytime you want. Go to bed anytime you want. Watch porn. Put the game on. Sleep in. Like that's epicness that I never got to experience. But, um, and I'm not gonna call my roommates any of my roommates out because every single one of them, you know, was cool and had good qualities. But there was definitely people that like it. It changed. You know, it changed. You know. Because first you got to see if you could live with somebody. Like even in like you know if you're you know. In college or like friends that you went to high school with and then you like, because I roommate with, I roomed with college. I roomed in college with people that I went to high school with that were my friends like growing up in high school. And, and yeah, you see a little change, but you know, it, it could be cool. But like, 
people that you love before you live with them and then you live with them and you're just like, oh my God, this person every day is a fucking nightmare. And I had them all. I've had the negative friends. I've had, you know, the ones that want to cut you down, the ones that like don't, aren't as ambitious as you, so they just knock shit down. I had the friends that were just like totally opposite of like any political views or like seeing like both sides you know, just like one-sided political friends that you couldn't even talk to. I had the jealous, um, you know, friends, roommates. I had, you know, the the ones that would just like kind of just be off in their own thing. I, You know, just, you know, the philosophical ones when they drink. You know, those fucking people. They're sitting there. They're like, you know what the problem is? You need to... It's like, yeah, I need to move out and not live with you anymore, So That's what I need to do. That's the problem can't stand when people get philosophical when they're drunk or when they get religious when they're drunk but um ask yourself who you could trust and who's like you know do you have a friend in comedy that you love if you're a comedian listening to this do you have a friend in comedy that you love but you know that if you were roommates with them I know stories and I can't mention names and I would never but I know comedians that told me oh I lived with this comedian and, you know, I love the guy as a guy, but, like, living with him was a fucking nightmare. And that kind of goes without saying, because comedians could be a little, we, we know, weird, but, you know, I, I don't know. I just wanted to do this piece on, uh, you know, this show this week about friends and friendship. Because it's really, a, um, you're supposed to both get something out of it, you're supposed to you know, supposed to both be, like, supportive, you're supposed to understand each other, and, um, and not be a dick, and it just makes you think, like, like, I got a couple of friends that I would fucking help get rid of the body, no questions asked, I wouldn't ask you a question, I'd help you get rid of the fucking body, period, you called me up, and you're like, dude, we gotta dump this body, I would be like, you tell me where I'm going, and what time I need to be there, and do you have a shovel, and I'm there with you. You know, then there are some friends that are like, dude, I got, we got to get rid of the body. And I'm going to be like, you got the wrong number or why the fuck are you calling me and hang up and then lose their contact and never talk to them again. <laughs> like, what would make you think you could call me with that and I would be cool with it? You know who you are if, you know, if I would, you know who you are if you're the one that I would do that for. Probably got like three people in my life that I would fucking help get rid of the body. That'd be crazy. Think about that. What would you do if your friend called you up and was like, dude, shit got crazy. I fucking killed this guy and he's in my trunk and I got to do something right now and I need somebody's help. Will you come and help me? <laughs> be fucking awesome. Be just such an awesome experience in your life to just be like, because I don't think I'd rat the friend out that I wouldn't help. I would just act like I didn't get the phone call and just be like, that, dude, that was a joke. And I would just move on and not even ask any questions. All right. Enough with the enough with not trusting your friends. I'm going to start making pe people hate each other. You know, you're never there for me. You, were never, you know, we did that open mic the other night. You fucking... You only gave me one drink ticket. You gave Jeff two. You like Jeff better than me? Ah, fuck Jeff, he sucks anyway. Misdirection bullshit comedy. Alright. 
the fuck am I talking about? Oh, I'm golfing tomorrow, everybody. Golfing on Father's Day. I don't think it gets better. I've been sick, man. Like, and you, and you know when you're sick and you feel like it's just a couple of days and you're like, oh, I'll shake this. And that's what usually happens. You get run down. And, like, you know, sometimes you need, like, two days. I've been sick for, like, six days and, like, probably needed to be in bed because I had a flu and needed antibiotics and I just ignored it. And I'm feeling like shit still. And I think that that's a, that's a big problem. But I'm playing golf tomorrow and um, I'm watching this U.S. Open. And I got to be honest, man, Tiger Woods... I don't know, man. Like, I just don't get it. Like, how do you go from being that good? It's only a couple years. The guy's in his early 30s. Like, what the fuck, man? It's, it's, like, he's not making putts. He's just, he's just like an average guy now. He's average. He went from super, you know, Superman. He, like, went from Superman to Clark Kent. And... You know, he's, he's going to win a couple of tournaments, but I just want, like, where's the dominance? What happened? I know it's easy for the viewer, and I know that he doesn't owe us anything, and all you assholes going, oh, he's just fucking, you know, he's... Well, I was going to say something. So that was another thing I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about, um, real quick, and then I'm going to get into the, I'm going to get into the sports... And uh, I'm going to get into it. Well, I didn't see Man of Steel. I'm actually going to see it tonight, I think, if I'm feeling up to it. So that'll be on the next one. Or maybe I'll do a private one, depending on how the movie is. If the movie's good or average, I'm just waiting until next week. If it's incredibly bad or amazing, amazing, then I'll, I'll maybe dedicate like a part two to this one. And I'll do Man of Steel since, I, since I'm not doing it on this one. Okay. And then I will get into the uh, sports. We're going to get into the Heat and Spurs. A lot of stuff to talk about with that. Okay, we're about 40 minutes in. We're doing good. We're on course here. Flight's going well. Visibility's good. I see the runway lights, you know, a few miles ahead. So we're, we're just going to take this thing nice and smooth. You know, sit back. I'm not telling you to turn the electronic devices off yet. You got, you got a few minutes to keep the electronic devices on. I just want to let you know we're coming in nice. Everything's been a, a nice, smooth flight. I made you not trust your closest people in your life during this show. But, um, all right, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to talk about something that I was going to just mention because it just, it, it kind of just made me be like, whatever. I, I just, I, I don't really understand the logic in it and, and, and I'm going to get into that real quick. And then I will finish up with the, with the Father's Day. My son got me something awesome on Father's Day and we'll do the movies and the sports. All right, here we go. So, First Effect Podcast Show, by the way, sponsored by Butterfly Radio. You listen to episode 114 with your host, me, Paul now, I'm just, uh, I'm not going to get religious, people, but I'm getting, I'm getting weirded out the older I get, okay, like when I was in my mid, late 20s, I was like, alright, you know, and then now I'm in my early 30s, and I'm just like these people that always want to talk about religion, I get that, where it's like, what else do you have? I believe in a higher power. I believe in a God. But I don't believe in the whole organization. organized, you got to come to this church. This is what we do. These are our rules. You know, this is going to happen. That's going to happen. We know this is what happens when you die. Like, I'm not into that shit. And... 
I just want to talk about the people that like are just like, well, you know, pray. You know, you got to pray and, and you got to just, you know, well, just now it's just time to pray and pray and pray. And it's like, well, what about the people that prayed and then the shit still bad happened? Like, I didn't see that movie, The Iceman, but I saw that um, in the trailer and I also saw in the interview with that serial killer, The Iceman, the one that they made a movie about, which I heard was excellent. Uh, and I heard Michael uh, Shannon did a great job. Uh, playing the guy but there's a scene where like he didn't want to talk about it. i'm talking about the real guy the real guy robert kowski whatever the fuck his name is he kowski or something he said um that he went into it he's like i probably shouldn't even say this is a bad one and then he's like they're like no no say it and he said like a guy was just begging for his life and he was about to kill him and uh he said the guy's just praying to god praying to god and he's like i'll tell you what you know if if God shows up and stops me, then I won't kill you, and you have this amount of time. And then he said, "Yeah, God never came, and he killed the, he killed the guy." That's just an awful story. It was even awful to just say that. It was hard. It's hard, fucking awful. But it's like I, I guess it's the only way to like comfort it. But like I just it, it's it's almost annoying that a grown adult would go oh, just pray. Just it's it almost seems like make pretend kiddie shit. Like you know what I mean. It's like, I think if something's destined to happen, it's going to happen. And I, I don't think, you know, like, is a bus going to start coming at you and you're just going to do, you know, start praying and the bus, you know, if the bus going to fucking hit you, it's going to hit you. And I don't know if that's just a comfort thing, but like people are just like, oh, you know, now it's just a time to pray. And I feel bad and almost insulted for the people that the bad things still happen to and people say that. But I'm not being disrespectful. I don't want to be disrespectful and say, like, nothing happens. I believe something happens, you know, um, when you, you know, when you die. I believe that there's a, a, a greater cause, you know, a bigger a, a, a power, a higher power, a greater cause for what we're doing here. Uh, I, I choose to believe that. I think a lot of things have happened in my life and other people's lives that I know that, you know, seem that would be way too weird to be a coincidence. It seemed like it had to have happened, and I've mentioned this before, but I just don't like that. People are like, well, there's no explanation. You don't need an explanation. You just got to know, like, you know, it, it's it's God, and that's the part of the plan. And, and I, I get that to some extent, but that can't be everything. That can't be everything. You know? You go to the movie theater and be like, man, I don't know what to get. Man, should I get Starburst or gummy bears? Someone's like, oh, you know, it's God. It's up to God. You know, it's like, no, it's not. It's up to my fucking sweet tooth is what it's up to. It's not just not everything, and it just it just makes me feel like, I guess, in a sad way, people are like like people are just stupid in a way, and and I'm not saying that religion's stupid, so please don't misquote me again. I believe in it. I believe in something. I'm definitely you know spiritual, I guess you want to say, or I believe in some 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 something, but I don't believe that, you know, it's just something as simple as well. If you go to this church and you pray and you do this and it, like. I just never understood the fact that you could slaughter 15 people and then right before you die, ask for forgiveness and you're forgiven. But, like, what if you're a good fucking dude? Like, what if you're a really good dude and you're just kind of like, you know, did something really bad and you're like, I don't want forgiveness. Like, you're going to, like, burn in hell forever? I don't understand that. You're going to burn in hell forever. A good person. A child who was not baptized that did nothing and is seven or eight years old or whatever or, or two years old. God forbid something happened awful. 
okay, and they weren't baptized, there are people that believe that they're going to go to hell. And because they weren't baptized. So this little fucking kid who's playing around with, you know, toys, and then, God forbid, was in a plane crash. Something nuts happened, and because they weren't baptized, they're going to burn in hell eternally. But somebody who killed 15 people and asked for forgiveness on their deathbed is going to live in glory for it? Like, I don't fucking... Like, how? And then when you say that to somebody, like, ah, oh, you don't fucking... You don't believe, you know? It's just... You know, that's all I'm saying. So I just wanted to make more sense, I guess. And I just want people that really are like me to listen because I know that there are some people who probably already tuned me out because that's how that's how this works when you talk about this shit and again I'm not talking I I am I am religious in my own ways I believe in a higher power I believe in a god I believe in something I felt something in my life before so I'm not a non-believer but I'm also logical and certain things just don't add up and when something something doesn't add up you know you, I want to talk about it I said something, and the reason why this stemmed, and I'll talk about it, the reason why this, you know, was a long time ago um, on the show, there was that shooting in the Batman movie, and that little girl had died, and I was really like, why the fuck are parents bringing him out at midnight to see fucking Batman? You know, a six-year-old girl is not going to understand it. I don't care. You know, she's not. And someone's like, well, she didn't die because of that. Like, her parents tried to be cool and take her out, and I get that. And then people were like, why, you know, why don't you stop pointing blame? Now it's just time to pray. And that was what kind of stemmed this. Because I was just like, you know, I don't, you know, pray for what? You know, and I'm really not saying that as into being sarcastic. For what? All right, this show just got heavy at the 45 minute mark and I didn't want it to. But uh, as I'm sitting here thinking about it, I'm just kind of confused and I'm asking myself questions and I just wanted to share it with my, with my listeners. You know, if I'm going to talk about something interesting or sit down and talk about something that I would talk about with my friends that are here in my house or that I'm on the phone with, I'm going to talk about it on my show. And let's make that very, very clear. It is my show. <laughs> so I, you know, I don't know. I guess what I want to have happen, which will never happen, is I want people to be able to understand both sides of everything and really be able to kind of be logical instead of just locked in their ways. And lately I've been hearing people, and this is why I'm talking about it, talk, talking about their one-sided absolute thing, and it, that's crazy, and you want to just be like, what? And instead, as an adult, you realize you're not going to seep it in. They're not going to get it. So that's all that I wanted to say. Okay, so I basically told you to not trust your friends and um, that half of religion. No, actually, actually, I didn't say that. I actually said I believe in something, but you know what I mean. I'm, I don't want to become across as like a dick and negative and like, oh, and I'm not trying to be some fucking cool like, I don't believe in it. No, I do believe in it. I don't even like when comedians like always get on stage and mock the Bible or when comedians always try to tell you that there's definitely not a God. I don't like that. I don't. I'm not, you know, I didn't like it when one of my heroes, George Carlin, did it. I don't, that's not what people pay for and that's not, I didn't, you know, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see you preach and I'm not trying to do that. I'm just trying to show the balance of like if something doesn't make sense and somebody believes in it so much, you're calling them out on it. It would be nice if people would engage that and talk about it instead of just being like, you know, no, no, you're nuts, you're gay, you're going to hell. 
I, I, one time somebody said that and I just and I, I pictured the person saying to me well then it's too bad you're gonna go to hell and I just be like listen if I'm gonna go to hell then 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 I guess that's what I'm gonna go I, I don't know what you want me to tell you what you want me to cry and go no no I'm not like I don't know what you want from me okay I'm gonna try to swing this thing back to a normal to a normal show here while I'm getting sick anyway Father's Day amazing and I'm not even saying no I gotta go back for a I'm not even saying don't pray I pray but at the appropriate time for the appropriate stuff not when it's just easy or you know I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about I'm just trying to understand certain things and I wish people I, I don't know how about this how about when somebody said to me I'm like that drunk guy who can't let, and I'm not, I haven't drank in days and days, but I'm like that guy who can't let an argument go because I'm trying to, and I'm doing it to myself with, with you guys, which is the funniest part. Like, nobody's even fighting me back, and nobody can fight me back on this, and I'm, I'm trying to, like, I'm wrestling with myself with this stupid thought, so bear with me. I guess I figured it out. I guess what I wanted to happen was when I said you should never take a six-year-old to a midnight, a six-year-old girl to a midnight movie. I would never, t- and I'm not kidding, I would never take, when my daughter's six years old, I would never take her to fucking see like Iron Man or Spider-Man. I would never do that, even if she begged me to. A, I would know she wouldn't get it. B, I would know it would be way too violent for her brain and mind to, to see because those movies are violent. And nothing good is going to happen when you're leaving a movie theater at two o'clock in the morning with a six-year-old. Or they're probably going to be sleeping or it's going to be really screwed up and, and whatever it is. So, anyway... Um, I wish when I, when I said that, the person just said, oh, you know, you're right, like it shouldn't, but it's so unfortunate, let's just hope they're in a better, like something like that, instead of like, why are you judging, why are you taking, you know, why are you blaming, and, and shit like that, so whatever. <coughs> okay, now I can move on. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, everybody. Don't worry, we'll find the, we'll find some humor through this thing. Actually, this next thing I'm going to say is funny. My son... Um, made me something in school for Father's Day, which was amazing. And they were working on it. And the next day, the day before, I pick them up. It was, yeah, you know, Daddy, we're working on something for you for um, for Father's Day. And I can't tell you what it is, but um, do you want some hints? And I'm like, yeah, but don't give it away, you know, because I didn't know. He's four years old. I don't know if he knows how to give a hint. He's like, well, it's red. It's this. It's that. And we're talking about it. So anyway, I was like, don't tell me. Don't tell me. I went in the ne- I went in the next day to pick him up, and our gifts were there. And what he got me was, he got me. And I actually have the other tweet. I'm gonna tweet it. I think the picture. But he made me this picture, and it said, "Best dad ever, hands down." And the red thing was his handprint in this um, like clay, and he painted his handprint red, and he put a heart on it and everything. Just awesome and cute. And he's like, you know, Stephen, Stephen dropped his. But so you gotta take care of this, okay? You gotta take care. It's really fragile, and I'm just laughing my ass off. It's cute as hell, man. And I'm I'm hugging and I'm kissing my son. And then they interviewed him about me, and it was hysterical. It was like my dad's name is Paul. They asked him. He said that I was 12 years old, um, which probably mentally might be right. He said that I was 11 feet tall, and I'm five foot eight. He said that my favorite food was lightning noodle soup. He said my favorite drink was wine. 
he said um, just all these hysterical things. My my eyes were brown and like just so funny. And um, I loved it. And it was so cool. And he's like, this is the first gift you ever got for Father's Day, right? From me. And I'm like, yeah, just so smart and awesome. And um, I really had a, uh, just a great time getting that from him. So I do, again, want to say that um, I really do... Uh, I, a, I really appreciate all the listeners on here and the fathers who are listeners on here, man. Thank you. I know it's hard with kids to take the time to listen to this shit, especially, you know, if your wife wants you to do this and that and you got kids tugging on you and you got to do all that stuff. So true happy Father's Day to all the Verzi Effect uh, father listeners out there. Hope you have a great day tomorrow with your kids. And um, hold on. I got to pause this one more second. Okay. Battery was dying on me and uh, had to get the cord from downstairs to make sure I had some juice to finish the show. Okay, so no movies. We'll talk about that next time. But want to talk about some sports. Um, Tiger's struggling right now as we speak in the U.S. Open. Nobody's doing well. Lowest score, it's like minus one. Of course, it's killing people. And uh, tomorrow, Sunday, Father's Day, is Game 5. Is it Game 5? Yeah, Game 5, Spurs Heat. One of the weirdest, just, I don't know, man. My buddy Chris Lamberth texted me, and he goes, dude, this shit is fixed. And the more I think about it, man, he's got a point. I've never seen anything like it. Spurs win Game 1, Heat win Game 2. Then there's blow. Oh no, yeah. Then the, game two is a blowout. Then game three is a blowout. Then game four is. It just seems like LeBron James didn't have 20 points the first three games of the series. Didn't go to the foul line once. It just seems so weird. That never happens. Michael Jordan never. Magic Johnson never. I don't even think Carmelo. None of these guys in a big playoff game don't get 20 when you're a star like that. It doesn't make sense or add up. Not going to the foul line, not attacking. Why? I'm not saying like they're all like, all right, we got to have a meeting. Like this is what needs to happen. I'm not saying it's as fake as wrestling, but I do think that there might be some some truth to like, listen, you know, for extra money, like this needs to go seven or like telling the refs something or I just don't know, but it's really strange to me. And I don't get it. I think, obviously, the winner of this game, you can't go to Miami down 3-2 if you're the Spurs. So the Spurs need to win tomorrow to go to Miami to have one win, two chances to get one win. That's the only way the Spurs are going to win this series. There's no way Miami wins tomorrow and then comes back home to Miami up 3-2 and loses the series. So they're going to get this championship if the Spurs don't win. I think if the Spurs win... Then it's anybody's thing. I think it's going to be a crazy game seven, and who knows. But uh, we'll see what happens. But I, I think, you know, with the Spurs backs against the wall, Spurs backs against the wall tomorrow, I think they're going to I think they're gonna win it. I think they're going to win. But it's been, a great, it's been a great series, but just really bizarre. And I just don't understand what's going on. Is LeBron, you know... Not happy with his teammates, or this like I just don't. It just doesn't seem like. I mean, this is a team that won forty three of forty five games, playoffs or not. To do that as an NBA team, it that doesn't happen. That's ridiculous. 
That's ridiculous. To win 43 of 45 fucking basketball games? And then now all of a sudden you're not getting 20 points. Can you not doing anything like that? I mean, I guess fatigue plays in it, but I don't know. It just seems really weird to me. And then, oh, when something has to happen, it does happen. So are we watching wrestling here? I really hope not. That's, once again, another example of the NFL being the best because the Texans can be good, the Colts can be good, the Bucks can be good, the Giants can be good, all of these different teams. The Carolina Panthers went to a Super Bowl. You know, it's just everybody, it's just an equal, it's balanced. You know, um, yeah, there are bad calls and stuff, but it seems like it's the fairest. Um, and the NBA, I just, this whole flopping thing is weird to me. Guy just flops and get, has to pay five grand. It's like a joke. I just, I, I don't know. I guess basically what I'm trying to say is I hope the Spurs win a championship. But I, I really think that this has been a weird series. And, um, you know, I'm just glad we got more basketball. I'm good. Three more games to play, hopefully. And, and then that's it for this, for the for the season, but, um, I don't know, I've been watching it though, I've been into it, Tony Parker's awesome, Tony Parker healthy as fuck, that kid is sick, it's just when the heat are going, and, you know, Wade was killing him, and then, that's another thing, Wade's killing him, and then all of a sudden he turns into like, I mean, you know, which I don't think he's going to be able to sustain, but that team has so many weapons that if people are hitting their threes, and the big three are playing well, you're not going to beat them. Uh, I don't care who you are. The thing is, they haven't been doing that, so I don't know. Maybe it is age. But LeBron James to Cleveland, I think, is the best bet for him. I think him going back there, I think one of the smartest moves he made was keeping his... um, I just think keeping his contract to the amount of years that was going to keep him in his prime and keep him... um, you know, just at the pinnacle while he has a, a decision to make. And hopefully he doesn't do the stupid thing he did like he did with the decision. But I'm saying as far as he's going to be able to say, I'm staying in Miami or I'm going to another team while he is the best player on the planet, which was really smart. They didn't lock him up for too much money. And you got Kyrie Irving in Cleveland. I've said it before. One of the greatest stories will be, it's never happened. It's always been the villain who leaves that place and never comes back and is always hated. You never see the documentary of the guy that went back. The prodigal son will return is what I'm saying. That would be unbelievable. He goes back to Cleveland, Kyrie Irving. They get this number one draft pick, this kid from Kentucky. They're built to win. They got the best player on the planet. And then he brings a title to Cleveland to finish what he started because Miami's getting old. Battier's old, Haslam's getting old, Wade's beat up, Mike Miller can't get up and down the court, you know, he'll shoot a three, not playing defense, they said, well, as many threes as he's hitting, he's hurting them on defense, Ray Allen is fucking, what is it, you know, what is he in his 28th season, I mean, it's, it's, these guys are old, Miami's done, Miami is done in a year or two tops. But Cleveland is young, has the picks. He said in a, in, in, a, in, a, in a press conference that he would not rule out going back there. It would make everybody, it would it would actually turn him from the villain back into, and not that he's owed this or that people, you know, that he wants to do it, but that would be an amazing story. That he goes back and I was like, wow, man, he went back to finish what he started and he goes back and he says, I'm here to finish what I started and bring a championship to Cleveland, you know, 
and and you know and says this time I'm not going anywhere. And he's got Kyrie Irving bringing up the ball. I will I will root for that team second hardest to the Knicks. I would love every minute of that if he goes back to the Cavs. Because it would just be something that you never ever see a guy do, and it is his hometown. That would be amazing. Somebody send this podcast to LeBron James, please. LeBron, you got I'm a diehard Knicks fan. You got to go to oh, actually I can't say that. Come to the Knicks first, but you gotta go back to Cleveland. Because you're you're not gonna you're in your prime. Think about it though. This is the best thing, this is the best way and the only way to think about it. Where else would he go? It wouldn't make sense. Think about it. He it wouldn't make sense for him to go anywhere else because if he did go to another market like the Knicks, like the Bulls, if he did do it, then it's just gonna look like he's just some championship jumping, like okay, whoever is in place. But it won't look like that if he goes home, because even if home does have pieces, he's going back. See, that's the beauty of him going back to Cleveland. People say, oh, well, he just went to Cleveland because they had the pieces. No, he could go to Chicago and play with other people. He could go to New York. He could do that, but it would be the shit. And he has the most chance to get like five, six rings, you know. I mean, let's say he gets two this year. I don't think he'll get another one in Miami unless they make some insane moves and, and get some trades, you know. But I think the move is to go back to Cleveland. That will be something in sports that I would I would love to see in my lifetime. A guy like that having that happen and then going and rectifying it. That would be insane. I think that that would be one of the greatest stories in sports. That would be one of the greatest movies they ever made. You know, he just he went there. He grew up. He got his championships. He 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 worked really hard in Cleveland for nothing, and he left. And then he realized, you know what? I could do this now. Let's go. Let's go and do it and give those people something to cheer for. That would be unreal. Oh, my God, it would be unreal, wouldn't it? You would think I'm talking about the Knicks right now, everybody. That's how into this I am. I've been telling my poor friends who are sports fans this exact story like four times on the phone. But, oh, that would be awesome. I don't know if he could, you know, resolve the issues he had with the owner, but who knows? You know, the owner freaked out on him and did all that stuff, but let's go Spurs. That'll make this even happen quicker. That's what I would do. If I was in Cleveland, as soon as this season was over, I would reach out to LeBron's people and be like, you know, we're interested in him coming back, plant it in his head, and let's see where, you know, what happens from here. So that's it for sports. I hope I didn't bore you too much. Because the only people really listening are Cleveland fans at this point going, yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. I, I like the Versi Effect podcast now. He, Oh, my God, I have to tell this story real quick. Real quick, and then I'm going to do plugs and get out of here. I performed at Levity Live, sick as a dog. And uh, back-to-back nights, I performed stand-up New York and then Levity, sick as a dog. Couldn't get out of bed with the with the chills, you know, just shivering. And then I, I managed to muster up some energy and go out and do these sets. And there was a table at Levity that literally was talking so loud during the first three comedians. I was closing the show. They was they were talking so loud that it was as if a director of an improv group started out like, "All right, guys, listen, this is what we're gonna do. Comedian's gonna be on stage. Everybody else in the audience is gonna be a great audience. They're gonna be looking. They're gonna be listening. It's gonna be a great comedy show. Okay, this one table. You guys are gonna talk. You guys are gonna be rude, looking at your phone, constantly looking and arguing about the bill. That's like that's literally what this was. I could not believe my eyes. Host 
Really didn't do anything about it. Just kind of plowed through. Next comedian kind of looked over, but then like tilted his body the other way. Next comedian, you know, plowed through. So I'm on, I, I just get on stage. This was a moment I'm really happy about. Uh, and I was like, oh, I got to talk, talk about this on the podcast. So um, I I just stop my show and I look at the table and I go, what's with this table right here? What Like, what's with it? I go, you guys have been looking at your bill. I kept looking at the bill. I go, you guys have been looking at your bill for three comedians. I go, there's five of you guys. It's not that fucking hard. How dumb are you in math? Seriously. You're sitting there. You're just, you're talking during people. Like, how dumb are you guys? And I just, I'm laying into them, making crowds clapping. I'm just like, you guys have just been rude to everybody and you keep looking at your bill. Like, what the fuck is the problem? You know what you, and then I start making fun. Like, well, you know, I had two chicken fingers and this, and I was like, just fucking split them. And I just start shitting on them. It's awesome. Right. And, um. And like three minutes later, five minutes later, maybe they just all stand up and they start walking out. And as they all stand up and they start walking out of the club, I go, oh, thank God. Thank God. Place starts clapping and everyone's laughing. And I go, no, no, guys, I want to really, really make this awkward. So I want everybody to be quiet and I want us all to stare at each and every one of them as they leave. And the funny thing is they had to walk all the way around and through the back of the comedy club and out. So this took like a good minute. And I'm just like, sorry guys, I'm just gonna make this awkward. I stopped my show and I'm just staring. And uh, one kid was like in some fucking like some like tank top. It's like you look at a fucking gay UFC fighter and he had his hair all up and like this other guy had frizzy hair. They weren't paying attention, they were awful. I'm like, alright, there goes one. One just walked down. Okay, yeah, alright. And then the kid with the tank top like pointed at me and said something like, alright, tank top. Just shitting on him. Go, yeah, alright, they finally left and I called him like a gay UFC group. It was just so awesome to just humiliate them, calling them stupid, saying they suck in math, calling them how rude they were, and then just shutting down the show and watching them walk out in silence. Everyone was silent just watching them. It was awesome. Oh, it feels good even saying it. Just this stupid frizzied hair cocksucker who should have been hit in the face with a hammer. This, 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 this just looking at his phone the whole time, not blatantly disrespecting and com- commenting on comedians. And I wasn't gonna have it from the minute I got on stage. I wasn't gonna have it. This stupid tank top, this dumb girl with these fucking four idiots. They should have been taken out into the mall and just beaten in the middle of the thing, and people should have thrown shit at them. The worst people in the world. They deserve awful, awful things. And I love just stopping the show and watching them. That's how I knew I grew as a comedian a little bit, to just shut the show down and make it awkward even for the owners of the comedy club. I didn't care. Or the people that, that ran the comedy club. I just I was like, I don't care about the comedy right now. We're going to watch these people walk out in dead silence and make it awkward for everybody, especially them. I should have talked about that at the top of the show. But anyway, uh, that was an awesome feeling. I want to be like, instead of like Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Slayer, I want to be like comedian Paul Verzi, like heckler, humiliator. I I just want these people to be, just get everything that they deserve unmercifully. There's nobody better or funnier at it than Nick DiPaolo. Oh my God, you owe it to yourself to watch Nick DiPaolo deal with a heckler. It's one of the greatest things I've ever seen. He had a woman outside a comedy club crying and like attacking him. After the show, it was amazing. Oh, it was like just shutting people down. It's awesome. All right, that's it. That's the show, everybody. Got some plugs. 
Um, I'm working on a brand new website, and this one is going to be the most professional and nicest one that I've ever had. So uh, that should be up in a day or so. And um, I will be um, headlining uh, Bananas Comedy Club the weekend of 4th of July. So if you're in the New Jersey, Hasbrook Heights area, I will be headlining Bananas Comedy Club July 5th and 6th. That is in Hasbrook Heights, New Jersey, about 12 miles from New York City, right over the bridge. So uh, definitely check that out. Last time I was there, we actually did a benefit for uh, Jody Wiener, who's um, Vinnie Mark's wife, a funny comedian. Both of them are funny comedians, and uh, we were there with Bill Burr. It was a great time. It was me, Mike Spears, uh, Chris Lamberth, and Bill Burr. We had a great time, and uh, it is a great little room that's been there since the 80s. So I will be headlining that July 5th and 6th. Um, before then, I'm just going to be doing local shows at Levity, Stand Up New York, The Stand, and um, working on some stuff. I also um, have going to have some new announcements on the website. So the website's going to have everything. The new PaulVerzi.com is going to have everything. It's going to have like my latest clip of like if I was on a show or, or a new set where I got some footage. It's always going to have that. Then it's going to also have the media page with some stuff. It's going to have all the Verzi Effect links, Butterfly Radio, Podbean, all that shit. So it's going to be um, definitely the best the best website I've had. It's going to have all updated shows. So please check that out probably in the next day or so. So uh, you should see a new, by Monday, the whole thing should be, uh, the whole the whole um, website should be up and running and you could see the new shows. But as far as me, um, you know, headlining and doing big gigs July, uh, July 5th and 6th. And then of course the uh, Billy Red State tour with me, Jason Lawhead and Bill Burr hitting up all of those um, cities that I mentioned. Uh, it's going to be awesome. The end of July into August is going to be amazing. So Please check all that stuff out. And again, I really do thank you guys for your um, support. And um, basically wrapping the show up is um, money's not going to fix your craziness. Um, I guess believe in something, but don't be weird about it. And um, who can you trust? Can you trust your friends? Happy Father's Day. I'll be playing golf. I'll be hanging out. Um, you people who listen to me rant and talk shit for an hour and ten minutes today are my favorites. And who would play me if they made a movie about me? I don't know. Giovanni Rabini, maybe fucking Jerry Ferreira from, you know, Turtle from Entourage. If he lost a little weight. No, actually, he lost weight. I'm trying to get to where he's at right now. So maybe, maybe him, you know, if you put a black sweater on him and trimmed his hair a little bit, maybe it could be him. I don't know. You guys think and you let me know. And um, that's it. So have a good one. I will review Man of Steel when I see it. And uh, that's it, everybody. Take care.